Hey gang, welcome to the Go Athletics Connections podcast, the show that brings you the men and women of track and field and explores their unique stories. The show is brought to you by Gill Athletics. Head on over to gillathletics.com to find all your track and field equipment needs. I'm your host, Mike Cunningham, National Sales Manager for Gill. In this episode, we get to do episode 14 of the Athletics LLC. How they decide that. Uh, great show happening over on YouTube every Friday. We broadcast a week or two later to just continue to add value and bring the amazing stories and experience that these four individuals and sometimes even a great guest has. So without further ado, let's get to it. Please help me welcome the wise, the wonderful Athletics LLC. Episode 14, how'd they decide that? Welcome back to another fun week, and it will be fun, I promise, of Athletics LLC. Tonight, as always, we are joined by Lucius. Good evening. Clyde. Hello. And Lamar Pup Williams. Grandstand. Got it. Um, so let's jump in this before we lose Lamar in the dark. Uh, <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Uh, I'm not sure why you're wearing your sunglasses at night, sir. We're not wearing sunglasses uh, at night. Because my future is quite bright. Oh, wow. Everyone. Yeah, you kind of lobbed that one up there for me, Big League. You I knew he was going to get I mean, all absolutely. over that one. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. It's all over that one. Close is still in his heart. You know, you know how it is. Exactly. Um, all right. Let's, let's get serious in regards to Lamar's name this week. Um, what are our thoughts, concerns in regards to George Williams and his current situation? Um, with St. Augs or St. Augs? Oh, wow. I mean, I think like most people, the, the first reaction is anger, um, uh, disappointment, anger. <laughs> you know, if, if I didn't say that before, let me say it again, anger. Um, you know, you never know what's going on behind the scenes in any situation. But when a guy's been a part of a situation for 50 years, I just, you just hope that people would treat him with a little more respect into regards of how they're gonna let him go. And to just call him into a meeting and dismiss him like that, you know, just it just seems a harsh way to handle someone that's meant so much to not just that university, that community, the thousands of athletes' lives he's touched, not just at St. Augs, but around, you know, around the world. And, you know, even, you know, people on this panel, I know he's been a, you know, a major contributor to, to some of the things that I've done in my life. And, you know, he's just, He's just a great guy. So my disappointment, I you know, I'm not ever gonna be one to tell somebody who we have to hire and fire and all that stuff. I just think that it could have been handled in a lot more grace, a lot more class, especially in regards to everything he's meant to that university and that community. Uh, for me, uh, anger is is a good word. I I find the whole thing to be just reprehensibly disrespectful. It, it's disrespect on a level that that man does not deserve at any turn. Now, a lot of people don't fully understand. George has, has two responsibilities, had two responsibilities at that school. He's 
the head of track and field, obviously, but he's also the athletic director. Now, there's no reason on the track and field side to dismiss this man at all. As far as I'm concerned, they should be building this man a statue, not trying to put him, put him out. They should be building him a statue and asking him how he wants to exit when he wants to exit. If the administration had a problem with his performance as an athletic director, I don't know enough about that to speak intelligently to it, but the way it was done and the lack of explanation for why it was done are just disrespectful. And it's incredibly disappointing for me having just left HBCU world for it to be St. Augustine for St. Augustine to do this to arguably the most famous coach in not track history of HBCU, but in any coaching industry within the HBCU world. George is world renowned. He's been the Olympic coach. He almost lost his life in an accident in Doha not too long ago. And now, when he's on the health road to recovery in the middle of a pandemic, this is how this is how we're going to do legends like it, it, it's so disrespectful and you know for me uh lucius is, is correct i'm the youngest one here but you know george has, has touched my career and when i first came into division two you know he was one of the mountains that you had to climb to to even remotely be in in the conversation especially on the men's side of things and, you know george is probably the only coach at that level of the programs who were near the top that embraced our new presence, who, who didn't, who, who wasn't insulted by the fact that we kicked in the door and took our seat. Like he embraced us, he embraced me, put his arm around me, gave me advice, tried to help. That's the kind of man George is. That's the kind of person he's always been. And I, I just, I, I can't think of a more disrespectful way uh, to handle uh, business in profession, and I'm just I'm just disappointed and, and very angry about it. Look, I I I have been sitting here kind of stewing, just listening to this, just to be completely honest. So I'm going to try to be brief uh, and as and and keep my emotions intact as much as humanly possible. Um, Coach Williams, because I can't call him anything but that, and I've known him since 1995. Uh, Coach Williams has been nothing but a saint to me. Uh, he was on the staff in, of the two Olympic teams that I was on uh, and, a, and a world championship staff. And what, what always blew my mind was all the things that he'd ever done in the sport. When I first started coaching, every time, because we were, you know, I first started coaching in North Carolina uh, at Wake Forest. Every time he would see my kids, he would tell them, look, if you guys want to be good, you need to listen to your coach because that because that young man will guide you in the right direction. And he said that every time, every time. And and I you know I don't think I've ever even had a chance to tell him how much that has always blessed me because to have somebody like him believe in you when you first start coaching and you come off the track as an athlete, um, and and to tell others, look, you're going to be good. You're in good hands. It it always like, you know, when I first started coaching, it gave me the confidence to. That, hey, maybe I can do this and I can be good at it. Um, to have someone who's who's in an interim position be allowed to say boo to Coach Williams is is insane to me. 
the fact that someone who's been at the university, who not forget been at, who is synonymous with the university. Exactly. The person who is synonymous with the university can be fired for, you know, I mean, without any real cause is disrespectful is probably the least of the ways that I would describe that. Um, if I was, if I was to come unhinged, I would say that it was, you know, tantamount to, to stupidity. But at the end of the day, like, it's, it's unfortunate that these kind of things are ever allowed to happen and nobody can even write that wrong. I, I, I mean, I agree with Lucius. I don't want to tell anybody who you should hire and fire. But at the end of the day, like, if you've been someplace 50 years and you, and you know where all the bodies are buried and you out and, and you outrank and, and, and have a longer tenure than everybody else at the school. Right. Like there's not, there's nobody that's been there longer than him. Right. So if that's the case, like who gets to fire you? Nobody. Right. You, you know, they come to you, even if like, if you gotta be aggressive, you come to them and say, listen, we're not going to fire. We can't, we can't live with that. We really need you to retire. Fine. I don't like that, right? But at least let the man go out in a gracious fashion. There is no chance that you fire Coach Williams. And, uh, and for me, and I, I, don't, I, really, I, I can feel it, <laughs> uh, I, I just got to say it the way it is. Like, you know, stupid is and stupid does. And, and, and for, for St. Aug to do something of that nature, I can't call it anything but that. So you went for his gun points, I see. I, you know, I, it, <laughs> I'm trying not. I'm trying not to cuss. I'm, I'm going to applaud Lamar for his absolute restraint because yeah. we all understand, and, and I, I think we're all trying to, you know, put a, a professional spin of restraint Absolutely. on this. But George Williams is Saint Augustine. He is. Yeah. He is Saint Augustine. There, man. Listen. <laughs> See, see, for me, this, this, this is what it is for me. Like, in America, in, in the sports arena, no matter what the arena is, we always let legends go out on their own terms. Yes. You never force the legends out. You never take the legend and kick him to the curb, you know? And that's what they did. They took a legend, a guy. When you say St. Augs, the first thing you think of is George Williams. Mm -hmm. And so you've taken the guy that's been the face of your university and basically just thrown him to the side. And again, you know, that's just, that's just not the way you do things. You, know, you have a conversation. You, you find a way to let him go out on his own terms. I, I, I assure you, when, when I saw the headline, fired, I, I, I got mad at the newspaper because I'm like, somebody really dumb re wrote this wrong. There's no way that's real. There's no way that that is the correct way that you should phrase this. And when I found out that that's exactly what it was, man, listen, I, I don't know how it's going to play out, but some, somebody's got to be smarter than this. You, you can't put that, that, you can't put fire next to that man's name. That, that is wrong. And, you know, we, we, we've all seen that meme we, where the guy's looking at his phone like, what the hell? Right? <laughs> and that's exactly how I was looking at my phone. Like, okay, this is a joke. Like, there's no way this is happening. Yeah. I mean, so. how do you find the person that has been trafficking named after that just doesn't make sense? Right. Yeah. But like, none of it makes any sense. And again, we don't work there. Yeah. But clearly, they've done nothing to make it sound like it was something that should have been done. And uh, like I said, 
I'm on, I'm on a, I'm on a table that because I don't know. But what I do know is that man deserves better treatment than they gave him just because he is who he is and what he's done for that university, for that town and for the sport of track and field as a whole. Agreed. Well, I, honestly, I just want to say one thing, like it, it's so much bigger than track though. Like, I think all of us have kind of said it. It's like, it's, it's what he's done for the school. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know anything at all about St. Aug basketball, but I know they're better because he was there. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's, it's the school. Mm-hmm. It's the school. Sorry. Um, well, let's stay on another to- topic here. Uh, we've recently learned in the last few days about the status of international students and that ICE has declared that they basically can't come back to the United States if they've gone home. Um, and then we know that the federal regulations are that they have to have an X amount, I think it's nine hours of in-person classes versus uh, online, in which we know that at this point may not be physically possible. So where, what are your stances on that? How are you feeling about that? Um, you know, the first thing I'm going to tell you is this, is that, you know, we make concessions for everything else in this country, um, for anything that we want to make concessions for. And when you have people, young people, who are trying to further their education, and I'm not just talking about the athletes. I know that's what I think I'm speaking to, because there's a, there's a lot more international students than there are just student athletes in this country. And for us to turn our backs on them, to tell them they can't come here because of a situation that, let's be realistic, this country has not done a good job of managing. So we're going to punish them because we've messed up. So let's make an exception. Let's say to them, okay, we're going to do the right thing. We're going to allow you to come here. And okay, I know the rule says you can't take more than one online course. But if the university you're coming here and you've been at is only offering online courses, why am I punishing you? Because we didn't do our jobs. So you make an exception, whether it's a one-time exception or two-time exception, whatever it is, you let them come, continue their educations, because you're turning people's lives upside down for no reason. It's just not necessary. And again, this, for me, this is not about the student athletes. It's not. It's about international students as a whole. Because there's a bunch of international students who are here, who will have to go home because they cannot stay here because they, they won't be able to go to class. And I just think that's wrong. So I, I want to jump in here um, just because, I, I don't know, maybe tonight is the night for me to be mad. Um, pardon me. Yeah, that's a week, that's a, so, so we are on, on a day that ends in D-A-Y, right? Yeah, maybe, oh, God, but I, I don't know. Me. This one, <laughs> I, I, I just feel like this, right? It, and the more global your personality is and the more you've had a chance to travel the world, the more what I'm about to say is going to make sense to you and ring true. If you take all of the first world and second world countries in the, on, the, on this planet, we have done the worst job of managing the pandemic. So what we're telling kids who are in safer places than we are, you can't come back because we're afraid that you're going to somehow make it worse here when the truth of the matter is that nobody doesn't want to pay attention to is that most of these countries borders are close to us because we've done such a terrible job of of wearing masks and managing the pandemic that they know they don't think they know that we will bring it there so all this is 
is some sort of power struggle like retribution. Oh yeah, you're gonna keep the borders closed to Americans? Well, we'll close the border to y'all. It's ridiculous, it's again political, and at the end of the day, here we go again, we are going to continue to let the tail wag the dog. There are 28% of the student body at, at Purdue University, I happen to live in West Lafayette, 28% of the student body is international. <laughs> so, right, the, the, half of them live on campus. They haven't left. So now they have to leave and they may not be allowed to go to their home countries without a 21 day quarantine because they come from here. But we're concerned with letting people from other countries come here and study. It is the most bass backwards, but prototypical of 2020 thing that I've seen. Not to mention, how do we let, how do we let ICE make this decision? Right. Well, let, let me tell you this, Chris. I mean, I'm sorry, Lamar, that the rule of only three hours of online courses has always been there. That's not a new rule. That's not a they new did, rule. They won't bend on the rule is my issue because the rule's always been there, okay? I'm just concerned with the fact that they won't bend on the rule to allow the people that are here. And let's also understand the fact that, you know, all these major schools are concerned with their academic rating, right? So the schools that have these international students that are here that are usually very good students are going to lose some, some of their academic rating behind this stuff. You know, so and, and, I, and I'm sure some of the schools are upset about that. This is just another example of this current administration's petty, vindictive, ass backwards policy. On you need to bow tie on that right now, bro. All to, things. Yeah. Like it, it Lucius's point to the, to the credit hour issue, obviously. School X, school Y, you can snap your fingers and make that distinction. Lamar's point: Why is ICE? Why is ICE the one making the determination? <laughs> because of the because of it's tied to this administration. It's For all sure. about it's just it's just about petty, ridiculous policy as it relates to immigration. It's been happening this entire time on an array of different issues: locking kids up, stealing them away from their parents. This is just the next layer in that, and. No, we have a, a crazy person in the Department of Education anyway. And, you know, I know we typically steer away from political topics, but that's exactly what this is. And to Lucius's point, rightfully stated, this has nothing to do with student athletes. This is just students, people who rush to this country to get a better education that they feel that they can get in their own countries. And most of them, end up staying here and benefiting our nation through their work, through their intellectual property, through all of the gifts that they have. They came here to go to school and we're kicking them out because we can't figure out how to do something that everyone else has figured out how to do. It is literally pathetic, but it, there's a level of, of just evil to it. It's, it's just wrong. And you know, I don't know what kind of power the schools have. I know some of them are fighting it in court. And, and bravo to those who, who are taking those steps. But, you know, you know, Berkeley is no different. You know, we have a lot of international students, maybe may more per capita than, than anybody in the country. 
And this, uh, yeah, I got kids on my team who this is going to affect. I got one girl who's locked away in, in Australia and can't get back. And I got one from the Caribbean who hasn't had a chance to leave. Like, it's, it's bad all the way around. And with everything being so wrong and everything being so twisted, why do we need to add this to it? Like, it, it's, it's so unnecessary. And, and, and it just is, it, man, listen. I, yeah, I, at, at some point in time in our lives, we just have to do what is right. It's a simple thing. Okay, if you want to have the rule, we make exceptions to everything else. Like make an exception to the computer and leave it alone. Like exactly. it's so unnecessary. Exactly. exactly. I, I'm, I'm going to ask a stupid question. How can both sets of people be a problem? The ones who are here, who we want to leave, and the ones who aren't here, who we won't let come back. How can they both be a problem? Am I, am I am I am I crazy? Like, look, if you, well, if you it's are supposedly crazy. A, that's, that's a good question. If though. it's supposedly a pandemic issue, one of those two groups of people have to be have to be bargained for in this, right? It, either but, but, either but, we see, feel so I, great I agree, about how we're doing why. it. It's it's not a pandemic issue. It's not. It's, it's xenophobic, it's, racial it's exactly. issue. That's well, all. There's no doubt <laughs> that all that what not, you're saying is completely true, and I'm on board with all of it. But what I'm saying is. It's being sold as a pandemic issue because ICE made the decision. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, this is just a bully move. That's all it is. It's, bottom line is, yeah. it, it's, it's, it's a simple rule. It's a simple, like Chuck, like Clyde said, push the button, change it to an exception for a year or two until we get through, until we get our crap together with this pandemic. Just don't punish other people because we haven't handled our business. Maybe it, we can have the end of the bullying. Policy yeah. <laughs> bullying at its best. Just yeah. a childish, petty, petty administration. That's all it is. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Very much agreed. Uh, let, let's lighten the tone a little bit. Uh, let's have a little bit of fun. Um, I know, like, everybody needs to move saw for a second. Just move saw real quick. Um, what, okay, I, 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 the stipulation is, besides the cathedral, name the top three venues of which you think it's the best to be a spectator at. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll jump in first on this one. Like, like yeah. we said. I, I want you to rub your hands now. Come on, get ready. There you go. <laughs> you know you've been fired up about this one. Yeah. Oh, cathedral yes. aside, yeah. because I, I think that, you know, I haven't seen it yet. I'm gonna take, I'm gonna take me a road trip, not too distant future. I'm gonna take, drive up there and see it, put my own eyes on it. But I am in, I'm currently in Los Angeles uh, for the uh, inspiration games, as they are calling it, for the Diamond League that's going off tomorrow. And last night, a, a very gracious uh, security guard allowed me um, into the facility at Mount Sac. And listen, it is phenomenal. They have thought of everything you can think of, sight lines, for our field event people, all the throws, including the hammer, inside the stadium. It, it's fast. It's grand. If anybody who's been to Mount Sac in the crash, you know you used to have the, uh, the little field in the back that was kind of rough. You might, you might lose an ankle or, or whatever, and then you had the lower field. <laughs> they took the lower field, raised it up to the level where the track what was, and built a full-scale football practice turf field surrounded by a three-lane track 
and then six lanes of 140 meters as a warm-up area, wow. including with pole vault and jumps. On the warm-up track, you cross a bridge into the immaculate new stadium, $40 million project, apparently. The new track, sunken. It's a football combo venue, but right now there is no sign of football. There's no turf. It's all grass, plush grass. There are no goalposts. Those ain't in there. It's pure track and field when it needs to be pure track and field. The Jumbotron takes up what almost the entire turn. It is beautiful. And I've all I've been on the record saying, leave all the national meets, leave all the trials in Oregon. I'm gonna say this, I won't be mad if they move it to Mount Sac. I won't complain. It's great. After Mount Sac, I haven't seen it in person, but from all the specs and, and the videos and the photos that I've seen, what Pat Henry and the crew down at Texas A&M have built is also, you know, a phenomenal, phenomenal place. Um, different aesthetics. It, it just depends on if you like classic versus trendy. You know, they got the, the 100 meter straightaway straight down the middle and, and whatnot. And then, you know, they don't have enough seats for my taste, but I'm going to shout out all the, all the, uh, all the renovations that, that my alma mater did at the University of South Carolina. That, that, that venue is top notch. I think it's a top five facility in the country, and, and I would love to see the, the East regions uh, moved to that location, indoor, outdoor, but the outdoor. Yeah, that's because yeah, that's 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 you're in the West region now. You'd have to come, right? I want meets to be held on fast surfaces in good weather. I'll just give you a hard time. They can handle it. And what they built down there in South Carolina, listen, when I was in the SEC, we had the worst facilities in the SEC. No, you didn't. Oh, yes, we did. No, you didn't. Who was worse? Vanderbilt. Maybe. No one ever went to Vanderbilt. As far as we uh, yeah, oh, yeah, <laughs> we wasn't over in Vanderbilt. What, 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 what year did you come to the league? I came in in 02. Okay, so the, the the conference championships were there in 04, so you just missed it. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> so, no. But, no, I mean, I'm talking about we have porta potties outside and dirt to get to the track. Like, it's beautiful out there now. So, those are my three, um, with, with the Cathedral of Oregon being set aside, Mount Sac, A&M, and South Carolina. Okay, I, I'm just going to go with the three venues where, you know, as – me as a coach where I've been able to see everything I need to see. And there's been exciting competitions there. Um, you know, I, I thought that uh, I still think that the Arkansas facility is phenomenal. Um, you know, you, everything is there, you know, the jumps, the, the, everything is right there. You, you get, you get a center seat at Arkansas, you can see everything. The warm situation is, you know, is you get a big field across the street, you got the indoor football field, you know, right across the, the street and then down, you know, a couple blocks down the road, you can go walk indoors. So I, I thought Arkansas was lovely. I've always been partial to LSU. I've never been to a big meeting at LSU that wasn't good. You know, that, that was the original straightaway down the middle situation. And there's just something about that, watching people run fast down the middle of a track. And then the other two, the other two places where I've always been that I thought the meets were good, I thought that, that Sac State, is, I've never been to a bad, bad championship meet there either. You know, you all, people always run really fast there. And then, um, obviously, you know, a little partial to Texas because we've done some special things there as well. But um, those are, I know that's four, but Sac State and Texas were kind of, I couldn't, you know, separate those two. But Arkansas and LSU, for me, they get it done. 
Uh, I've had a good time at every one of those places. <laughs> um, I would say from a, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give my answers as kind of a, a hodgepodge of places I thought were awesome to compete as well as as coach. Um, I I actually liked the track at Sac State better, but when the meet was at Sac City, that was a phenomenal place to run as well as coach because there's not a bad seat in the place it's a very large flat bowl and everybody ran fast there um it, you know i think it's probably gotten older and aesthetically not been kept up but the last time that the national meet was there i think michael ran 43 45 running sideways uh through the finish line in the four in the, in the open quarter um uh i i i have not seen the new one at a and m but i will say that Arkansas might be the Arkansas's outdoor track might be the prettiest place to just sit and watch a track meet. Like it's just it's 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 a, it's a really nice venue. Um and coaching there is I mean there's no, there's no bad place to coach from. Um and, and I guess for me lastly it's probably an odd one but you have to go to the California State meet one time to get this. You can in high school in in uh I guess it's in Fre it's in the Fresno area. I never know whether it's Clovis. actually in Fresno or Clovis. Clovis. Um, it's it's uh, it's paid for by Clovis Unified, so like it's it's not just the Buchanan facility, but not for a high school facility. For any facility, it's phenomenal. Easy place to to coach from. Easy easy venue to uh, to to compete at the only thing the only knock I do have on it because it is a football facility the throw the uh, the long throws are are outside of the stadium but other than that it's it's a phenomenal place to to watch a meet and it's the only for me the only imaginable high school facility that you can host like USA's you know like you can host any any size meet there if you wanted you you could absolutely host a, a national championship type place at, at, at Clovis for anybody that hasn't been there. It, it is a high And school. I don't even think you'd have to put, you wouldn't even have to put in new seats. <laughs> no, no, no. No, it's it got the seating. It, it, and I think Arkansas is beautiful. I, I agree. Um, I, that was the thing that I, when I first went there after it was renovated, that was, that was kind of my sentiment. Like, wow, it's a very pretty building. Like I'm never going to cheerlead to go to Fayetteville outdoors to do anything. But the, the the facility is beautiful. But um, and uh, uh, big league and Lamar specifically, because I know y'all have your West Coast ties. Y'all gotta see this thing that they have put in. <laughs> well, we will all see it soon, I'm sure. Yeah, and I like just because of the way you're raving about it. Heck, I want to come see it now. So, well, we, I we mean, I will because because we we know you're not one to rave about things. If no, right. yeah, no, <laughs> I'm hard to impress. And then this thing is impressive. This thing is impressive. But let's educate the rest, the rest of the country on on what an anomaly Mount Sac is. Like Mount Sac has the largest enrollment of any school in the state of California. It's a junior college. There's only two grades at the school, and there's sixty thousand students there. Well, and now it's the only junior college that offers four-year degrees. Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's an anomaly. It's different, man. And, and, and for and for my and for my track heads um, who have been to Mount Sac a, a bunch of times, you, you'll appreciate these little nuances. So where the old finish line was, which was on the smaller side of the stands, they have flipped that. The common finish is now 
on the opposite side, on the grand side, but they're still going to run all the sprint races down what is now the backstretch because we all know somehow, some way, the winds come over the hill and it's perfect at that place all the time. So, like, literally, the jumps are still on, the, on what is now the backside, um, and they're not even done. When I, when I send you guys the pictures, they're putting a convention center, museum, and theater on the one part of it that is still under renovation. It's, it's sick. Crazy. Yeah, and when Clyde talks about turning your ankle on that backfield, it's not when you're warming up or running. It's when you're walking to recruit somebody. And that's right. Up. We've all done it. We've all done it. I literally sniped back there, and I'm like, oh my god, falling you know, in. When, when, when he said, when he said, you can lose an ankle. We didn't say turn. He said, when you can lose an oh, ankle, no, you can, it must be really you sink into holes. There was yeah, they, they they had gigantic gopher holes back there. Yes, that you could like like. All right, so one time I was jogging to go see a kid like and i stepped in one of those holes and took my whole shoe off <laughs> it's real and so, like, so so like 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 when he said lose an ankle that was appropriate so too the the grass is smaller because they've taken up space for this practice field for football but the grass is still there only now it looks like a, a golf course it's plush love it love it meanwhile clyde now has a love affair with a track <laughs> oh absolutely it's not quite the cathedral. Yeah. No, it's not. It's not that. <laughs> Nothing is. So is, is, is the Mount Sack track, that's your side piece? Yep. It's obviously you're married <laughs> to the cathedral. I got, you. I got you. That's fair. That's, and that's I will fair. gladly sneak off and hang out here anytime. <laughs> you, you better go and lick it tomorrow because after that, everybody's spitting on it. So. Oh, yeah, <laughs> so absolutely. Absolutely. It's going to be gross soon. You know how that goes. Oh, I love it. Okay, so keeping on the theme of favorites, um, what is the one race, male and female, pro and collegiate, that you can watch over and over and over and over again? Oh, see, now, now I think I misunderstood the question. So are we going to do our usual? We'll go, we'll go round and round and round and round. Let's go. So we start with the... We'll start with the female college, I guess. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. See, I, I thought we were talking about which event we could watch over and over and over again. Now we're, we're talking about actual things that have happened. Yes. Sir. Yes. Okay. So, well. Me, uh, see, look, you as intelligent it. as you are, you don't read your text messages very well sometimes. <laughs> and, even, I, I, and even, and the bad thing about it is even when you write the text message, you don't read it well sometimes. I'll give you the part I, two I, of that. I typically, <laughs> I typically don't. I typically well, don't read. You don't have late. to. You don't have I don't to. Read, listen. Because like I don't last week, you, you tried to give my man Lamar and I a question that you clearly wrote in the text message. I mean, that's true. Late, late, late text true. messages. I don't, I don't read those two. I speed read those. I just want to say <laughs> yes. for the record, late, late text messages, you're three hours behind us. So how late are these text messages? But anyway, I'm going to go first. Uh, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to be a homer because it was amazing to watch. And I could watch it a million times over. Uh, one Miss Brianna Rollins's uh, NCAA championship hundred meter hurdle run, I, I, I could put that on a loop and fall asleep to it and wake up to it. Okay, I, I mean for me, I'm gonna be a bit of a homer also, um, but I, first of all, I'm gonna give a shout out to what what is possibly my favorite event to watch in the 2012 and the 2017 four by fours for the women 
Oregon versus LSU in 2012 and Oregon versus USC in 2017. I'm going to give a big shout out to them, but then I'm going big time homer and it's uh, Kyra Jefferson's collegiate record in the 200. I just, you know, I can watch that a lot. <laughs> I, I think, I think Have you watched think. the young lady from Oregon fall in slow motion? No, no, no see, we're not, we're not doing that. We're not doing <laughs> okay, that. I just asked if I, you have. Mm -hmm. I mean, if I watch, I the, if I watch the tape, of course I see that happen. Okay. But I'm not. That's but that's not why I'm watching the tape. Oh, I didn't say that's why uh, you watch it. But you know, after a while, you start watching different things. Okay, so Clyde, <laughs> you're up. We we can we listen. No no one's we're all we're all gonna forgive you for 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 that one. I mean that that the, was extremely petty, by the way. That was extremely. Oh, it was. Yes, it was. But Kyra she's Jefferson. such an awesome. She's such an awesome young lady, though. So. Yeah. There. Kyra Jefferson's 200 meters was very high on my list, um, but. As I've said in a previous show, the, the race for me is still Kendall Ellis running down Purdue to deliver the national championship to USC. I'm sorry. That when I see you I can we're watch fighting. that race. Listen, I can watch that race. I literally do watch that race once a week. When I'm I see you, you, we're fighting. I get on YouTube and I watch that race once a week. And again, because of the stakes, not only was it a phenomenal four by four in general. But the stakes, what was on the line, the drama of the meet, the way it was playing out, they lost the championship. They got back in it when Angie won the 200, and they had to have that race. Nah, that, that's my race. USC running them down in four by four. That's my race. I'm just going to say it to you like this. That's literally a race I can't watch again. Oh, I'm, I, I'm aware. Don't, don't listen. When I was evaluating my choices, I was like, the fact that this might make Lamar a little sick also plays into my choices. I okay. kid you not. So, who Lamar is in my life, watching that race go down, I was like, oh, that's not going to be good. And literally contemplated calling for a week. I was like, I think we're going to put this mentorship on hold for a little bit there. <laughs> and I, don't I mean, listen, I was in the building, as I'm sure we all were. I'm like, Near the finish line, you know how the coaches do it at, at the old Oregon facility. We find ways to sneak up to the to the you know finish line side and get up there and you know wiggle away. So I'm sitting there with the audience, and with like seventy to go, I'm like, nah, it's not. That's not gonna happen. And and it just it just started coming away. I'm like, there's no way. And I mean, you know, it's good when the Oregon fans stood up and cheered for USC. Like they were on their feet, standing ovation for that. Okay, let's well, um, I I called with one fifty to go. We're just gonna put that out there. Because, okay, because are I we did, done now? Be, yeah, <laughs> let's be done. Let's be done. Are, are because, we done now? Because Men we don't. We, okay, so so the next the next one, female pro. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, Lamar. female pro. I'm sorry. You know oh. what? Someone else go. I need to get my mind together. I'll go. I'll go. I'll go first on on the female pro. And for me, everybody remembers world records. And my favorite event is the four by one. So you would think that it would be the London world record four by one, but it's not. It's the Rio four by one. And I'm going all the way Homer because what Tiana Bartoletta did to those women on first leg is just stupid it's wrong it's disrespectful she snatched souls on that pop-off leg and it, 
Like I watch that all the time. I show it to my kids. I show it so I like, you want to learn how to do something? This is what you do. And again, the drama that came with it, the backstory to it, the things that people know in the public and the things that some of us are, are privileged to know from behind the scenes, everything that went into that, that's my favorite. That is my favorite race uh, uh, in women's uh, track and field history, the Rio four by one final. Want me to go next? Uh, no, I, I'll go so that I don't have to go twice in a row. Um, I'll say this, Clyde, you were close. You were close. But the, the, the race that I can watch literally at infinitum is, is the prelim, the solo run in Rio of that very same four by one. Yeah, because as long as I have been in and around track and field, that race is a unicorn. I've never seen anything. I've never seen anything else like it. I've never seen a four by one run on a track by themselves. I certainly haven't seen one run at a major championship. And I damn sure ain't never seen any group of women run. That's like having the world watch your practice and it better be perfect. And, and people forget about that race because they had to run in lane one in the final because of the way it played out. People forget they actually won the yes. prelim. They went in as yes. the fastest seed from yes. the solo run. Like they destroyed all other comers from the prelim. They, let, let's, let's be clear. They ran the fastest qualifying time in the prelims from lane two by themselves in a stadium full of people. So yeah. I, look, I, I've, I've seen a lot of track. We've had this conversation before. And I, I, don't think know, I, I don't know. I don't know how full the stadium was now. It was relatively. There was a lot, but there was a lot of people there. There was more people. There was a lot of people there. Like what I'm saying. That was that was that was a little jab at Clyde over there. I mean, it wasn't eighty thousand full, but there was a lot. No, there there were there were a lot of people there. I was just giving Clyde a hard time. And no, nobody there was rooting for for the success. Everybody was because they got Brazil talk, so they was all waiting to hear the disaster. Right. That that meet was weird. Do y'all remember the 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 runoff for the for the one ten hurdles? Also something I never seen happen. Yeah. Right. So that meet was weird, but yeah, that solo run is that's a unicorn. Okay. I yeah, you know, I'm gonna go a different different uh, direction. Um, I'm I'm gonna go more. Well, my, well, one of one of the things I thought about that wasn't such a competitive race was the there was just something very magical about the 2134 that Flojo ran. I mean, it was just, but. Um, the other, the other, the other races that I love to watch over and over again, the Kim Batten versus Tanya Buford Bailey four hundred hurdle race from the Worlds, and then obviously last year's World Championship four hundred hurdle race. You know, both of those I can watch any day, all day, because you had two two women getting after it, trying to take each other's souls, dive into the line, and the spirit of competition in both of those was just absolutely phenomenal, phenomenal. Run, so my, 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 my choice is the my, – my number one choice is the world champs, the 2019 world champs, women's four nerds. I do want to stick this little one in there. It's funny that you mentioned Flojo's run because Flojo's 1049 run almost made me quit track because I went to high school in Indianapolis, and the state meet is on that track. And I ran 1075, my high school PB, on that track <laughs> that year. And I was like, there's a woman that's – three tenths faster than me. Like she would smash me. 
And I was like, I'm supposed to be going to college to do track. Like, how is that going to work? <laughs> yeah, Evelyn, Evelyn and you was battling it out. In yeah. Look, let's just call it what it is. If she had raced me in high school, she would have beat me. Because <laughs> she was probably tougher than me in high school. Oh, man. Um, so my, my, men's my men's collegiate or non-pro race, like, that's so hard to pick one, but I, I'm going to pick one because I was – I have no no dog in the fight, and it and it was astonishing to watch. And I gave this away a little bit the other day, uh, earlier yesterday, when I was talking to Lucius. But I'm not going to butcher people's names, but I'll say the two young men from Minnesota, and mm -hmm. um, Potter oh, God, and uh, Mitch, Potter. Mitch Potter, Mitch uh, Potter. Yeah, the other guy from Minnesota, yeah, the guy with the hair, and, <laughs> and who was the third person? See, like, I can watch the race, but I... Otis Harris. Otis Harris, South right. Carolina. So I, I, had, I had no, no, like, no dogs in the fight. But to watch an NCAA final of 400 come down to 44-58, 44-58, and 44-59 is insane. And the fact that two of those dudes were teammates, yeah. like... That's one of the most astonishing things I have ever seen. And for sure, the, the announcer called – he called the wrong winner at least twice. <laughs> no, yeah. That, yeah that, 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 that race was astonishing. It's one of those, like, like you don't need to even need to know the people. Just watch the race. Like, yeah, call yeah. that one. Um, for me, um, you know, that, I was in the stadium that night, and that was a phenomenal race. Um, I've seen some uh, phenomenal four by ones go down. Um, the the TCU LSU battle in, in Buffalo, I thought was a phenomenal. The thirty eight oh four, and it was like, depending on who you talk to, it was it was anywhere from negative five to forty five degrees, depending on how, you know, how phenomenal <laughs> it would make the race to be in Buffalo. Um, and but like the the race I can watch over and over again. I'm I'm going big time home on this is the Holloway versus Roberts 1298-13 flat race. Um, you know, just two great competitors getting after it. Uh, you know, both put them with a little bit of chip on their shoulder, and uh, you know they, they put they both put it together at the right time. And uh, so well that that was mine. Uh, I don't know about this one. <laughs> Um, the, the, the ones and and Lamar that I'm glad you took that as your favorite because it was on my list. Um, shout out to my former teammate Otis Harris, uh, who I was in the building that night watching. Yeah, like, like, like that one has to be on the list somewhere. Yeah, that for sure, that, right? Yeah, that that was see. So for me, this was this was really hard because that race for the competitiveness of it and the shock and awe of no one really saw that coming. Right. On, on the total other end of that, Rye Benjamin's 400 hurdles at NC's, which was not a competition, not remotely a competition, um, but a beautiful, beautiful run. And then, you know, there, there are some four by fours, um, I like the relays, and relays are always, you know, back and forth, nip and tuck. Um, the the two that, that come to – the one that really comes to my mind um, is Jonathan Fortenberry. I'm not going to call that a homer because I was at UCLA at the time. It was the year before I transferred to South Carolina. Jonathan Fortenberry, 2002 in LSU, running down everybody 
<laughs> to to snatch the four by four when there were like three or four other teams that people were picking to win that race. And when you add to the fact that John actually dropped the stick in the in the prelims <laughs> to pick it up to qualify for that race, that you know that that was a a big time thing. But honestly. And, and Lucius will appreciate this. My favorite race to watch over and over and over again, I must have watched it about 100 times, is actually Rye Benjamin's Pac-12 championship where he did not run the last 150, where he 12-stepped down the back stretch so effortlessly that I thought he was going to break the world record until he decided at 150 to literally start looking around and walked across the finish line. It was disrespectful in a way that I love. And that that race, I, I, I put it on the computer, I put it on social media, I called, I called Carol, I called, I called Mouse, I called, I was like, hey, listen, that kid right there, I don't care that it wasn't, you know, a competitive race, I don't care it wasn't NC's. The race that I have watched more than anything is that race. That is my favorite race to watch. Stanford. Is that the day? That, is that the day he became John Wick? That is absolutely the day that that <laughs> yeah. became John. Wick. And then, that, and then was, that, that that was followed was by the true. by the the Facebook conversation where Chuck and I were both basically called idiots and said that the kid was he's never going to run. Oh yeah, yeah. Seconds. He could never run that fast. No one's forty-seven. Oh, I'm like, yeah, trip. <laughs> like, but. So I'm, I'm going to go back a little bit. One, I want to give a shout out to a race that obviously I'm going to go a little homer again, the Clement Brazil battle and the 400 hurdles in Sacramento was another great race. And it was Adam Steele from Minnesota. Adam Steele. Right. And we cannot yeah. disrespect the man. He won the race. So we can't forget his he name. He did. He did win the race. He won the race, right? He won right. it. He it, was the second. it was It was 57-57-58. And then there's, no. there's a guy named Gary Kakaya was fourth that year at 4502. Yeah. Who was arguably yeah. the favorite, who most yeah. people yeah. had with yeah. that race. Yes. And Wales was beaten 45 flat. Yeah, yeah, Otis and Gary were always battling for the SEC. Yeah. And everybody and Mitch, thought, Mitch like, ah, Gary will get it. Mitch just went after it. And then Otis caught Mitch. And then Adam caught him both. It was a phenomenal competition. Phenomenal. Let's transition to male pro. Male pro. Um, this is hard, actually. I, I can tell <laughs> everybody stops. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I can go because it's, it's not it's not that hard for me. It really isn't. I mean, oh, okay. I, I mean, go ahead. I, I'm gonna. Okay, my my one A is is Kevin Kevin's world record. And because, you know, he, he broke a record that no one thought was going to be broken. You know, he, the first time we watched him take 12, he demolished the field at the Olympic Games and broke the world record. You know, that's a great one for me. But the race that I can watch over and over again is the London men's 100-meter final was just absolutely, from top to bottom, just, you know, you watch the race. And I just kind of, like, watch a race and you pick a lane and you watch the guy execute. You know, because it, it's easy to just – Watch the dag. I'm taking watch Bolt, but take your eyes off of Bolt and you 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 watch Blake and you watch Gatlin and you you watch Gay. You watch you know Ryan Bailey. You know they're all doing very special things. There's so much you can learn in that race because there's so many different types of hundred meter guys who all got it right that day. They just happened to be up against the best guy ever that day. 
know, so the, for me, you know, those are my top two. Kevin's world record and the, the London men's 100-meter final. Would you like me to go, Clyde, or would you like to go? Whatever you're more comfortable with, sir. I, I have mine. It I, crystallized for me I, listening to you. I, <laughs> it won't make I, had, I had mine. It won't make any sense why it crystallized for me, because it has nothing to do with anything you said. I, right. I had mine, and then I had a mind blip, and then I remembered, no, there's no chance there's any other race. Uh, for for those of you track nuts who, who don't pay attention to minutia, somewhere you need to you need to find get get to the Google, do what you got to do, and find the 1999 World Championships 400 meter semifinal in Seville. Yes, it is not in my opinion. It is in any quarter mile coaches I know opinion the best 400 meter race ever run for 300 meters because Michael just decided to stop running altogether, not look around, like shut it off and crawl down the line. And then the time comes up and you're like, there's no chance that's 43 seconds. The man stops running with 110 meters to go and, and crosses the line in 43, like 89 or something like that. And you're like, no chance. It's the first time and the only time in my life, I think, that I ever left the stadium, the consensus in the stadium, everybody was expecting the world, record, the world record to get broken. Like the next time we see him run, if he doesn't run 42-something, like we'll be disappointed. Um, so for me, that's an indelible moment. Like I never seen anything like that. I see a lot of crazy stuff in track, but I never seen anybody really and truly look like an adult, like racing children. Um, other than that race, the 400 meter semi uh, in Seville World Championships. That is, I, I like I like the outside the box of it, and that's where I have landed. Very outside the box. Um, my favorite men's race, easily the thing I've watched over and over again, <laughs> is Sacramento, California, 2000, the men's 200 meter final. There oh was Maurice Green versus Michael Johnson. Oh my God! Made one of them made it to the finish line, and John Capel becomes U.S. champion. In the oh yeah! And both of the favorites, and all the shine, and all the media watch everybody get carried off off the track to the warm up area. Listen, the spectacle of that and the build up to that was so ridiculous. Oh. It was, was so oh, ridiculous. It, oh, man. And, and lucky for me, being trained by John Smith at the time, I had a front row seat to all of that. And <laughs> though I was very disappointed in the outcome, on the, on the petty scale, on the ridiculous <laughs> scale, on the I will never forget where I was scale, that is absolutely my favorite race on the men's side of all time. Pure, just nonsense <laughs> across the board from every angle. And honestly, the older I get, the more I sit back and be like, you know what? That's exactly what should have happened. <laughs> like, that's <laughs> the way it should have happened. That so, race oh, is hilarious so, to me. So let me, so let me give you a little backstory to this, okay? First of all, Lamar, do you remember what you said to me the day before? I, Yes, okay. but so but so so the day you're before, gonna share this now, are yeah, you? After the first round, he comes to me and he goes, Remember, I told you this, they're gonna mess around. He didn't say mess, 
they're going to mess around and your boy's going to win the 200 tomorrow because they're not paying me attention. And I said, you do know that's Michael Johnson. He goes, like, you know him, like I said, they're going to mess around tomorrow and your boy's going to win. So you know within two seconds after John John crossed the line, who was in my face? I told you we're going to mess around with you. <laughs> Listen, I'm just going to – I'll give a small backstory. First off, uh, as, as Lucius knows, John John and I are very – we are very close because we're kindred spirits. I think we both have inner angry people, <laughs> but we've learned to play nice with others. They're both from right? New York, and I'll just leave we it right are, We are both <laughs> from New York. But I knew that the disrespect was all he needed. All he like, called it. I didn't call it. The, the, the fact that everybody was talking about them two and no one was talking about John John is all that man ever needed. And, when, ever and when, you watch, when you watch the video, to Clyde's point, they got the video on Michael and Maurice walking by each other in the wall thing, staring ah. each other down. And there's John John in the background looking at him like, I'm about to take care of both of you. <laughs> Like, before he went out on the track, I said, whatever you do, you attack Kobe Miller on the outside, and you, you ignore them. They're behind you. He said, Coach, they're never going to see me. Okay. That, that, that week, that is easily still the most entertaining week I've ever had in this sport. <laughs> From so many angles that I will never get into on this show. But that week was ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> and to have it to have it culminated that madness, just yeah, no that 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 was that was a, that was a crazy time, and I, like I, I will never forget. Like I mean, literally, I don't even know where Lamar was. But all I know is they, they crossed the line, and I'm back in the middle of the turn. And I'm trying to get down there to him, and this big dude just grabs me. I told you, your boy was going to win. <laughs> oh man, you you can't that was, disrespect that was a good my time. dude. Yeah, that was a good time. You, uh, you can't disrespect I'm never going to live that one now. You know, we're going to be like 90 years old. I told you Capel was going to win that Nah. <laughs> you know, and you know why I won't ever – because uh, you, you cannot ever say this on the show, but I will definitely never talk smack about that one because of my Karan Clement faux pas. Yeah. I will, I will, I will not – I will, I will tell everybody else about that one after, the, after we stop recording tonight. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So on, That's on why the, I will on. never, ever talk smack about how okay, I was right so. that time. Right. So bigly, on the when the show is over kick, I have a story for Lucius regarding uh -huh. this particular timeline, and I just I want you because it's not going to be re recorded. I want you to remember the reaction because I think it's going to be a good one. Got it, got it. I will make it. <laughs> it's good. It's good already. <laughs> Sorry, folks. This the secret tapes will never be revealed. Outtakes <laughs> <laughs> will stay on my hard <laughs> Um, well, I'm glad we were able to have such a compelling conversation this week. You know, we went, we started high, high intensity and just went hard in the paint and was able to lighten the mood, but definitely, you know, address some good stuff, all enlightening and all teaching as always. So, um, I'm glad we were able to keep that going and, and have this great conversation and we can still see Lamar. So we're good, you know, just <laughs> Yes. He hasn't faded to black yet. Yeah, I know. Right? I, I have not faded to black. You know, once again, we're doing we're, we're doing the show uh, 
on location. Yeah, right. I know. If you ever doubt the commitment, we've got Clyde in LA and we've got Lamar at the Indianapolis airport. You know, right. Lucius and I are the duds. We're at home. Exactly. We're just at home chilling, right? <laughs> <laughs> Look, you can see a plane take off. Look behind my head. There's a plane flying. <laughs> it's great. See oh, it? There it is. Yep, we see it. Wow. Hey, we're making it happen out here, folks. Because we, we love this show and love our people. Got it. Yes, agreed. Well, thank you so much. It has been a great week. Clyde, send our love and all, all of those blessings to uh, those at the inspirational meet for tomorrow. Uh, Absolutely. Our, our number one athlete, of course, goes first. Um, but other than that, thank you so much. Have a great week ahead of you. And um, enjoy this outro with Coach Cheeks just firing it up on the mic. Have a good week, folks. Bye. When the lights come on, the road just get to running. When the lights come on, opponents smash the plumbing. Would you like it warm, hot, knife the butter? Truth pin them hard, knock them off that rebuttal. Tsunami, tidal wave to your puddle. Tough love punch you in the arms, little brothers. Athletics double, I'll see if there's no others. Track and field's pace and we'll to go further. Hey, Wiley, Coyote, it's Roadrunners. Feels like you know us, you've been with us the whole summer. If not for this quarantine, these four corners wouldn't be here, but we're here, so start learning. You gotta earn your stripes, gotta get your scars. Show you how to fight, but show us who you are. You lack experience, but still you wanna talk. And who is actually talking to you? Something's kinda small. Heads prevail when the backbone's strong. Gotta keep it coming, no, won't last long. Pass or fail, then sell the sad song. And if you don't check yourself, then that's wrong. Just trying to give you the real that you asked for. So why you keep cutting us off to ask more? We put it in slow mode, but you fast forward. Athletics, devil, I'll see the task force. Well, that's a wrap, ladies and gentlemen. If you like what you heard, give us a rating and review on iTunes and hit that subscribe button. As well, we encourage you to connect with others and share the podcast on your social media. Looking forward to next time when we connect you with another great track and field connection. Bye, guys.